Hi, this is David Sweet, CEO and founder of Focus Core Japan. And if you were like many of the APAC leaders that I speak to, you're struggling in Japan to find the right talent. You get bombarded with irrelevant resumes or a lack of resumes altogether. I would like to invite you to discover the power of Focus Core's retained search. Let Focus Core help you swiftly secure top tier talent in this candidate short market. I'd like to invite you to shoot me an email and explore how we're different. And with a 100% refundable trial, we can revolutionize your hiring process today. Now on to our podcast. If you have the right mindset, you will have the skills later on. Good day. Welcome to the Focus Core podcast. My name is David Sweet, founder and CEO of Focus Core. And today I'm very pleased to welcome my colleague Hisato Wakaizumi, who many of you have probably seen uh, who's from on LinkedIn, who's been doing exceptional job with many, many webinars and um, is very prolific on social media and an exceptional recruiter to boot. So welcome, Hisato. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. So uh, I guess for those who don't know you, um, you know, kind of give us an introduction uh, path to your current uh, position. Okay. So uh, my name is Hisato. I was born and raised in Tokyo. And I went to the college in the United States. And after that, I did a little bit of uh, coaching, ten tennis coaching in Florida. And I came back to Japan, worked for the company called Yonex. That's tennis and badminton company. And moved to uh, Focus Core after Yonex. And I'm doing finance and accounting consult uh, consultant. And it's been three years and four months so far. I've been enjoying this job so far. <laughs> That's great. Counting the days, counting the days. You're, you're my uh, second tennis player that I've uh, had on here. We had uh, William Neely uh, was on and we talked a lot about, about tennis. So, oh, really? and uh, I know we also share the Florida connection because you were in Florida. Where were you mm -hmm. at in Florida? Naples. Beautiful spot on the planet. Oh yeah. Gorgeous. And who are you teaching tennis to? Uh, all the levels, like kids, from kids to adults. Yeah. Sometimes I, I was coaching like ninety-five years old lady, and sometimes <laughs> I was coaching three years old kid. <laughs> nice, that's brilliant. So you've taken to tennis. I think is a, a great kind of metaphor for what we do in 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 consulting. Mm. How. How would you, you know, take that mindset that you've put in sport and tennis and you put that on top of what you're doing for your current position in consulting? What, mm. what, what do you take from that? Uh, so I think I love coaching. Yeah. I mean, yes, I love coaching sports, but 
in general, I, I love coaching people and see how they change their life and change uh, or grow their skills and stuff. So like when I was coaching tennis, I love to see like people getting better at tennis. But uh, when I'm doing uh, consultant at Focus Core, I love to help people change, change their life. Mm. And I, I love to support that. So that's the connection I have uh, between this job, the, the current job and the tennis coach. That's great. Yeah, so much coaching goes on in, in what we do. And uh, it, we forget, I think, how transformative, I mean, we, transformative is a big word in the coaching world. But when you're coaching a, a, a person to change jobs, there's nothing more transformative than moving mm -hmm. from one career to a, another, right? It's amazing. Right. What's, what's one thing in, in this recruitment business that you didn't expect? Didn't expect, um, to be honest with you, like I didn't expect this job to be this fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been enjoying this. Yeah. Before you start, you might think, you know, like, oh, I can make money by introducing people. <laughs> That's easy, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was like, you know, I, I like talking with people. I'm good at connecting people and it's easy, you know. Yeah. But, when you actually start doing this job, this is more than what you expect. And this is very challenging. You have to understand the candidates. So you have to understand your clients. And, you know, there's a lot to learn for, mm. for me. So that, that's why I've been enjoying. Yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> I, I, I meet a lot of people that uh, say, oh, I, I'm really good at connecting people and networking. <laughs> so my friends say I should be a recruiter. And I, I just shake my head and think, well, um, maybe I should be a lawyer. I don't because I'm good at talking. No, it doesn't. There's a lot that goes into what we what we do. So which I think a lot of people come into this career and they don't expect it. What's a what's a common myth about recruitment uh, for you that, that you found? Yeah, so kind of, I mean, the same. That's the last one, you know, okay. like people think this is easy, but, you know, due to the reason I said, uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is very challenging and this is very interesting job. Hmm. What's your biggest challenge you're facing in your role right now? Yeah. So I always challenge myself how can I give more value to our clients and our candidates? And that's the biggest challenge I've been facing. And not only supporting changing jobs, I've been trying to give value by, you know, providing information. So like uh, having webinars and writing LinkedIn articles and posting on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, so do, doing that, like, the biggest challenge is provide more value mm. uh, and be different from other recruiters, be above uh, them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you, you give a lot of insights. I feel from a lot of work that you do on, on social media, 
I let's let's dive into um, what you have done. One of the webinars that you that was wonderful with um, you had uh, some speakers from Wella Japan, from uh, Virtuesize, from MM Capital Partners, and the insights I thought were for finance professionals quite profound and insightful. Um, one of the people you spoke to is Mariko Yam, uh, Yamabe son at Wella. Mm. And she talked at looking at, as a finance professional, looking at things conceptually and mm. simplifying complex information. How do younger potential CFOs learn this in Japan, do you think? Uh, so to learn, I think from, from what I uh, learned from uh, all the CFOs on the webinar. I think you need to have skill set to see things in a big picture. And mm -hmm. also you need to have various experiences in different environment. So like if you look at CFOs profile that spoken webinars, they all have variety of experiences. And uh, sometimes they're experience in different companies and different industries and sometimes people they are uh, experienced in one company but in a different uh, environment in the company so some of them been to oversee as an expat and yeah so by having that kind of different experience they grow uh, uh skill to see things conceptually. Hmm. If you're a young finance professional in Japan, from your conversations, do you think it's necessary for them to have overseas experience to be able to be a CFO at a international company in Japan? Uh, not necessary, but... Uh, it's definitely a good experience hmm. okay. because uh, because sometimes if you work for foreign companies, uh, it's subsidiaries, but uh, when you go to HQ in overseas, you, you get to learn uh, much more things than uh, in Japan. Uh, you could cut this part. <laughs> No, I think that's I think that's important. I th because uh, even if you're, that's good advice. Even if you're not Japanese, right? Mm -hmm. If you're working, if HQ's in London and you're working in Australia, it makes sense to go to HQ and mm -hmm. make those relationships. Let right. alone having the experience. I know when early in my career, uh, in when I was working for the U.S. government, we believed that. Anytime you travel to a different office, mm. you learn something. Mm. It, it was the most important because you would always bring back creative new ways of doing things because no matter right. what you do, any field office is going to be different. Right. Well, one of the things that I, I in listening to um, Yamabe-san talking about simplifying and, and potential CFOs, I see overseas young people can even sometimes 
late 20s can be ahead of finance mm. or early 30s. Mm. Um, we had one uh, client in Japan who globally wanted to hire 20s and 30-year-olds for their C-suite, for their leadership. I had lunch yesterday with a uh, head of a Fortune 500 company who was in their 30s. Mm. But in Japan, this doesn't happen. Mm. It's it seems like if you're there's no way you're going to get a CFO in a Japanese company in their 20s. It's just mm. why do you think from your experience and the the professionals you've talked to, do you think it's so late in Japan compared to other places in the world? Mm, I think that's because as a base, Japan still has the mindset of changing job is a bad thing. And uh, CFOs that I met who's talented, who's uh, always improving their skills mm. are open to their challenges. It doesn't matter if it's outside of the company, inside of the company, but they're open to get info, open to build network and open to have new challenges. Hmm. So that's why they had the progress career always. And that's why they became CFOs. Yeah. So it's important to be open for your improvements all the time, I think. Hmm. If if you're in um, one of the things that I notice in Japan is you have the the tradition of changing different positions within a company, mm. this kind of job rotation, and I know that uh, some people I've met a CFO that started their career in marketing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whereas in, for example, in the U.S., you start out, you study finance and you go in and you're going to be a specialist and mm-hmm. you're just going to work your whole career. Do you right. think that that lends itself to some of the slowing down of young people being able to progress into a leadership position in that special, not specializing, but rather generalizing? Could be, yeah. Uh, most of the Japanese company have kind of the system to rotate their mm-hmm. uh, specialty. So even if they're good at finance, uh, they will be moved to, for example, HR department. Mm-hmm. And then people change jobs because of that sometimes, right? Yep. So, and Japanese companies are changing their style uh, slowly, but uh, some some of them as a job job how do you say job oriented mm. so i think it's important once they find something passionate about uh their job it's important to build career in in that specialty yeah yeah i know when i was um again going back to working hr with the government we did we learned different specializations within HR. So, you know, doing staffing, doing comp and ban, learning labor relations, employee development. So we all were generalists, but we knew HR. And I know mm. Yamabe-san also mentioned getting the basics, right? Accounting, tax, treasury, controlling, mm. internal control. 
what's kind of your assessment after interviewing so many CFOs of young people getting being conscious of getting those basics? Mm. So even though like Yamabe-san mentioned kind of like uh, basics on skills, mm. uh, but uh, I would like to focus on the soft skills because uh, this is very interesting. Like when I was planning the webinar, mm. I asked the CFOs to talk about uh, what they think uh, it's important to have to become CFOs. I didn't mention anything about it needs to be soft skill. It needs to be hard skills. Yeah. And then all the CFOs mentioned about soft skills. So they all said, like, it was agreed in the meeting. Like, they're like, if you have the right mindset, you will have the skills later on. So I think it's important to have the right mindset. I, I We're Jonathan... Uh, Jonathan Count and I were doing a podcast, um, mm. and and there was the same same thing that he was doing surveys with uh, leaders, and it was you know soft skills were the important things. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a couple of things that are let's unwrap those. One, you mentioned soft skills, mm. and two, you mentioned mindset. Mm -hmm. Let's let's drill down a little bit. What when you say soft skills, what specifically do you think these these CFOs are thinking that young people need to be developing as far as soft skills? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, I meant like soft skills and mindset, kind of similar thing. So in, in within that category, I think there are some things it's important that CFO mentioned. <clears throat> uh, so one is keep getting results. And when you get results, like do a little bit more than uh, what you're expected to do. And two, uh, building network, doesn't matter inside of the company, outside of the company, build a network with your professionality. And uh, three, pas have a, have passion uh, of you, um, have passion in your job mm. because you're business partner. You'll be a business partner if you're CFO. Mm. So I think those three uh, mindset or soft skills are needed. That's great. When you say um, when you're talking about building out your network, which when I'm coaching um, job seekers, one mm. of the things I think a lot, especially in Japan, I find that job seekers are really good in the skills. Mm. So I see it as a, a kind of a, they have two things you need to work on. You have skills you need to have and network you need to have. Mm -hmm. And a lot of professionals are really weak on network. Mm. what what advice would you give as far as building out networks for financial professionals mm. i think it's just uh communication I, I think it's more simple than you think and because if you say like build you have to build a network you'll be 
kind of panicked and you know i i don't have a network how do i build a network but it's always about communication right so like if it's inside of the company try to communicate with your colleagues more often than you always do mm-hmm. and give them updates and just have a casual chat and then you build a network so not very complicated it's just a simple thing communicate with people and it's great i um recently there'll be a link maybe to a podcast i've done on um managing up because mm. i think a lot of mid managers would do well to manage their bosses mm. and their bosses boss in in improving their career Mm-hmm. Uh I also think it's just vital no matter what position you are if you want if you're ambitious and you want to grow you need to make some key relationships outside an organization mm-hmm. and and need to know your peers so go to networking events we we for example we work with the IMA mm-hmm. or, or go with the uh, watch your your webinars and start networking with those people that are on those webinars that's mm. i think vital for a career to grow and and just to find out whether you're doing the right thing and and you're paid the right amount <laughs> yeah don't make it, don't make it complex mm-hmm. you would um you also spoke to uh yukiko fuji who's the cfo at mm capital partners and spoke about the importance of cfo's connecting with hq how do you see CFOs best interact with their overseas counterparts uh from the interviews that you've had? Mm. So I think this is kind of similar to uh building a network. Mm. So you have to communicate well with HQ and not only with HQ. One of the CFO mentioned it's important to build a network within APAC or mm. uh, other countries. CFO because if when you haven't like you have if you're in subsidiary of foreign companies uh, for foreign companies then you have to get budget from your HQ right mm. and when you get a uh, budget from your HQ you have to explain your market you have to uh explain why Japan is so hard but still we have uh market mm. and sometimes hq doesn't understand about it but if you communicate well with your uh colleagues in different country uh they might be able to back you up uh. when you try to present and they will be your teammates right mm-hmm so it's important to communicate well and build your network uh, even outside of your uh region mm-hmm. yeah uh, mm-hmm. you spoke to tomohiro murata over at uh, he's the cfo at virtue size and i like how he spoke of cfos needing to be accelerators mm. so uh rather than risk he was much more about growth and accelerating uh allocating cash to fuel the company. Uh mm. talk a bit around that Hisato. Yeah, uh thank you. Uh so that's another example of having passion for their work. Mm. 
and for Murata-san, mm. he, he, he said like he enjoys uh, solving problems, but uh, he, he works for global like SMEs and wow. need to fund, need to do fundraising while he's doing the basic back office work, right? Uh, it's tough to manage both, right? Yeah. And to do that, you, you have to have passion and you have to drive the business and uh, it's hard to find that kind of candidates. Like companies are always looking for that kind of person having passion, being able to do both back office and also uh, driving the business. Mm. So if you have passion, that's advantage in the market and important to have that to become uh business driving type of CFO. Hmm. So it's easy to say for, you know, someone looking for a job, having passion, Mm, mm. let's flip it on its head for a second. How can companies, one, find these candidates that have passion, especially, (laughs) and Mm. two, how do you evaluate that during an interview process? Mm. I think how how you find it is very difficult. <laughs> we know you, it. You, you hire a good recruiter named Chisato. Um, <laughs> you put him on a retainer, and uh, he'll find you one. Yeah, but you 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 to to find a passionate uh, candidate, mm. you have to spend time and always build network within your industry mm. and. Uh, that's very important. But how how to evaluate if the candidate has that kind of passion hmm. is uh, from my experience. I think they uh, my clients try to see that from their achievements, and so this is kind of like advice for the candidates. But uh, when they interview and try to explain not only what you did, but how you made your achievements, like how how your thinking process was and what actions you took, took and why you took that kind of actions. And that would explain your passion, like how you would react to uh, situations mm. and companies can see uh, your passion from that kind of stories. Mm. Yeah, it's easy just say, well, I did this instead of walking mm. uh, an interviewer through the the story, the process that mm. uh, the thought process that was um, involved to make those decisions and, and accomplishments um, or and sometimes failures as well. Um, and exactly. what is learned from those. So that's great. Very good advice. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So um, what, besides uh, fatherhood and, and being a new dad, uh, what are you working on these days? I, I, I hear a, a young person in the background. So awesome. What yeah. It was... yeah, so um, that was, th- these are for, you know, advice for finance people mm. that I got from CFOs, but I think this is applicable for any business person so like i'm trying to work on keep getting results do a little bit more than what you're expected to do 
and building a network inside of the company and passion passionate uh, to change people's life and enjoy my job. That's great. Mm. And uh, maybe in Omiyage, we can uh, leave listeners with, besides, uh, of course, your favorite podcast is going to be the Focus Core podcast. I get that. <laughs> and we'll just put that out there. But besides the Focus Core podcast, what uh, what other recommendations uh, for podcasts would you have for audiences? <laughs> our audience? Yeah, I listened to all the uh, episodes of Focus Core podcast. But... And and I don't listen to many podcasts, but one of the podcasts I recently loved listening to it is called Hidden Brain. It's on oh, Google Google Podcast. My my coach, actually my coach uh, Corey uh, McGowan, uh, recommended. Mm-hmm. And they mainly talk about how brain control your life. Mm. And uh, yeah, the episode I listened to it was uh, it's important to have the right mindset, kind of similar to what we talked today. <laughs> and is that okay if I share one of the story? Absolutely. I, I, I like yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so what, what they talked, sometimes people feel so much stress in their life and feel like they want to run away from it, right? But if you consider stress as a bad thing, uh when you're having stress, what happens, right? It will give you more stress when you're having stress. So it's a chaos, right? But if you look back your life, think about experience that you had a growth in your life. Mm. Like then uh, when I, personally, when I had growth in my life, I always had some kind of stress. And I was stressed at the, for example, like college sports team at work, maybe like when I made achievements. So if, so like, it's kind of changing your mindset. If you have the right mindset of stress, of stress could be needed for Mm. your growth Mm. that will change your life and change how you see things. Right. So. Yeah, that was interesting story from that uh, episode. Yeah, we I, I have a, we have an episode with uh, Corey McGowan, um, so we'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes because um, he's very insightful. Hidden Brains are very I like the uh, it's a good podcast, good recommendation, Hisato. Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I think it's important on stress. We we think of it as such a bad thing, but if you think about going skiing, for an example one of the things reasons we go skiing is so we can have some stress, right? You, you want, you want some powder, you want a steeper <laughs> hill. You go to the, you go to the black hill because it's, it gives you a thrill. Mm. If you don't go skiing on a flat surface, mm. we mm. We'd think, Oh, wow. What a bad day that was. There's no snow. Mm. There's no stress. There's no snow today. Oh, well, mm. that's not fun. Or you're going uh, up in Guma to Corey's neck of the woods and you go whitewater rafting and mm-hmm. it's a very calm water. Well, that's not what you signed up for. You want, mm. you want some white water. Mm. You want some waves to, to keep you going, to, mm. to give you those thrills. And we, we forget that if you went to the work and you filled out your spreadsheet every day mm. and the right-hand corner 
adds up every day, then it is a you're not growing, you're not learning, mm-hmm. you're not developing, and that's that's uh that's a sad life in, in a lot of respects. So, mm-hmm. and w- when you have like stress, like that means you care about that, mm. oh, and and if you don't have any stress, that means you don't have anything you care about. So that's kind of sad life, right? Yeah. So it's good to have stress. Well, we, we've got uh, we've gone very philosophical um, uh, this morning, uh, Hisato. We've given some uh, very strong advice. I think uh, we're going we're, we're going to have a follow up conversation. I can tell. So thank you so much for for sharing your insights uh, with from your webinars and your interviews. I look forward to, to chatting with you again about. Uh, other webinars and other guests that you had. So thank you so much. Thank you, David. Have a great day ahead. Thank you.